Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who does not have a birthday today, but there is another special person who has a birthday today, um, but I will let Brandon announce him. Yeah, you know, you could call him special. Uh, personally, I wouldn't do that, but some people would. Um, everyone's uh, least favorite contributor, it is his birthday today. We were recording this a day early, so it's actually on the 5th. We're recording this on the Saturday before the episode is released. But on the 5th, it is, of course, our least favorite contributor's birthday. Happy birthday, Ben. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it. Um, there, I'm telling myself that, that we, we had to record a day early just so we could specifically record on my birthday. That may or may not be the case, but I'm going to go ahead and keep telling myself that. So I, I, uh, I really appreciate it. You know, Ben, I'm perfectly okay with you saying that. And I think Trevor would be also okay with you saying that. Let's, today's about you, Ben. Let's, <laughs> let's make it about you. All right? It's your, it's your uh, LeBron year. It is. 23rd birthday. Some people call, uh, call this year uh, after another basketball player. I don't even know who it is off the top of my head. It's crazy that anyone would be able to be called like over LeBron. Um, so it's your LeBron year. So happy LeBron year uh, to you. Hopefully we can have a fun podcast today of course, yeah. to celebrate your birthday. Um, but, but to start this off today, we actually have a little bit of announcement. Um, you guys probably would have seen on Twitter, um, but we are announcing two new podcasts. So Trevor, I'm going to let you walk, walk the people through the two new podcasts that we have coming out. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously we had some problems with Twitch. We were trying to stream um, basically the content that we were doing for these podcasts um, that we're going to be doing. We were trying to stream and, and do things with that. However, it didn't work out. So we are going to transition both of those into new podcasts. Now, the first one is going to be called the 12th Row Podcast. Um, originally, we were going to call it the Front 3 Podcast, but it seems like that name was taken. So we decided to go with the 12th Row Podcast. Now, this podcast is going to be uh, focusing on soccer, uh, the beautiful game, and that will be hosted by our very good friend, Josh Baskind. Um, who is the soccer mm-hmm. encyclopedia. He will be talking a lot about uh, the Premier League uh, and the Spanish League and all of the biggest news and headlines in soccer, such as one of the headlines that we will talk about today with uh, Lionel Messi. Now, the second one is going to be focused on reality TV. It's going to be called the 5 Seconds of Fame podcast. Um, this one will be hosted by myself, um, along with Brandon and Ben, where we will talk about some of our favorite reality shows, um, most notably Big Brother with the season going on right now, and maybe even The Bachelor when it comes around. Who knows? We do, when we were up in college, we liked watching The Bachelor together, and, um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it will be focused on reality TV. So those are our two podcasts, and we hope to start releasing them, uh, this coming week. So I'm really excited about it. How, what, what do you think about this, Brandon? How excited are you to have two new podcasts? You know, it, it just makes me so happy to welcome, you know, more content to the Small Baller family. Um, and I think both of these are going to be just banger podcasts. I highly recommend them for anyone um, that enjoys those two, you know, sections of content. Uh, obviously, we know how great Josh is. He's been on this podcast multiple times. He's just this huge psych- soccer encyclopedia. His podcast is going to be wonderful. And then, of course, our, our reality TV discussions. Uh, we've always liked discussing reality TV, so uh, that podcast is going to be one you don't want to miss for sure. Um, so go to our Twitter, at The Small Baller. You'll see it's going to be the pinned tweet, uh, a thread of both podcasts. Go subscribe to those so you know when they go live. I believe we'll be releasing uh, the, the, uh, the 12th row early sometime this week, and most likely we'll be releasing Five Seconds of Fame um, on Thursday night or possibly Friday morning. Not sure which one yet. 
um, but you guys will not want to miss that. But let's get into today's episode because uh, we got quite a lot to talk about. First up, Messi did decide to stay at Barcelona. Now, this was not without some parody, right? Um, you know, Messi didn't want to stay in this whole interview. There was a big interview on Goal.com. Um, highly recommend going to check it out. It was a, a very solid interview. Um, and he, he's not happy about staying at all. There's a big release clause at 700 million euros or around 900 million U.S. dollars. So that's quite a lot of money. I personally don't have enough to buy him out. Um, and no team's going to want to buy him out. So it seems like he has to stay one more year despite being told that he was going to be able to leave after this following season uh, finished up. So Trevor, what are your thoughts on uh, some of the Messi interview? I don't know if you watched uh, any of it, but what are your thoughts on him staying? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to know uh, completely um, what what is true and what's not. Uh, we don't yeah. know for sure. However, if Messi's claims are true, then it seemed like uh, Barcelona really screwed him over. He talked about how there was a clause, as you kind of mentioned, um, where they said that he was supposed to say, if he wanted to leave Barcelona, he was supposed to say it before June 10th, um, when in reality, obviously, with the situation you know going on with the coronavirus, um, they were actually competing for La Liga still in June. So this is a deadline that probably should have been pushed back, um, you would think. That, that would have made sense, but it seems like Barcelona was, at least Messi was saying that they were clinging on that and saying that, hey, you had to say that, that you wanted to leave before June 10th, um, and he didn't do that. So it seems like they're kind of trying to hold that against him. Uh, now he's continuing to stay with Barcelona. Obviously, they're a very talented team, um, but it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, there's a lot of tension um, now. I mean, he's been very vocal about how he wanted to leave, so I, I don't see how that's going to go over well. Um, it's it could have some issues with the team chemistry. It could have some issues with you know management. So uh, it's definitely not a good situation for anyone involved. I think with Barcelona right now. So yeah, I, I think that's. Uh, it's a difficult situation. It's definitely looking a little bit rough for Barcelona. A lot of their players, this core they had like five, six years ago, um, that was so, so great, is kind of just moving away. Um, and it seems like the franchise as a whole is becoming a little bit um, of a lesser giant. You know, you've seen Neymar leave. These guys are getting older. Messi wants out, doesn't like being there. So definitely some issues. But let's move on. Um, the Brooklyn Nets have hired Steve Nash one of my personal all-time favorite players, to be the next head coach. It makes me very, very excited. Uh, ben, I'm going to throw this one to you first, the birthday boy, Mr. 23. Um, what do you think about the hire um, of Steve Nash? So when I first saw the news here, I, I didn't know what to think. My first reaction was, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what to think of this hire. And now that it's been a couple days, I've been able to think about it a little bit more. I, I'm going to say I like this hire. I do. And I don't know if it's maybe just because I like Steve Nash as a player. Because I do. I loved Steve Nash, and I know at least Brandon loved him too. Um, so I, I don't know. And I, maybe it's just another maybe another reason is um, he's just somebody that I grew up watching, so it's kind of cool to see somebody I grew up watching now transition to a different phase in his career. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to go ahead and say I like I like it. Obviously, I'm, it's going to be hard. I'm not going to really know for sure if, it's, if it works out until we'll see if, uh, what happens on the court. But um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume here that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving probably – had to have at least say they are okay with this hire for the Nets to hire him. Um, so I'm under the impression that at least their two-star players are cool with it, which makes me feel like um, it, it'll work out. I, I think he'll definitely be a player's coach. I think players will get along with him. I think he has a lot of wisdom. He knows a lot about the game of basketball. So I, I do. I like the hire. I, I, I'm, I'm very hesitant to, see, to say that it'll be a home run hire or anything like that because, I, I mean, you have to wait and see what happens on the court. 
But for now, I will go ahead and say I think it's a good hire. Um, I, I, I think it'll work out. I, I really do. I, I think it'll end up being a pretty good hire for the, for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, you know, I, I'm i not quite as optimistic as you are. Um, I love Steve Nash. Uh, him being a coach, I don't know. I mean, there's been some good things said about him from, like, Steve Kerr is pretty confident he'll be good. Um, and I, like you said, I'm pretty sure KD and Kyrie had maybe not a say necessarily, but at least an acknowledgement of, hey, this is this is fine, this is cool with us. So, you know, I don't really know how to feel about this. Uh, I'm still in the middle on it, kind of like what you said at the start. Um, like I said, I love Steve Nash. I like him as a person. But, you know, as a coach, I don't know. You know, some of these NBA guys just didn't make quite the step up to being a coach. Trevor, I'm interested to hear your insightful thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, so, I mean, first first thing was when I saw this, I was very surprised. I didn't anticipate uh, this happening at all. I didn't really know if Steve Nash was interested in being a head coach. I mean, I've I've listened to a lot of podcasts recently where he's been a guest. He was on, I think, the uh, – I mean, he's been on, like, the Bill Simmons podcast. He was on, I think, the J.J. Reddick podcast. He's been on some other ones as well where, you know, just hearing him talk about basketball, it's clear that his mind for the game is – uh, you know, his IQ is very high level when it comes to basketball. Um, you know, being one of the greater greatest point guards in NBA history. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Now, we do, we have seen like a history of like the more of these like star players having trouble coaching. Like we saw Jason Kidd in recent years, he kind of struggled. Um, however, we've seen like these, it's really weird, but we've seen like role players who have had more success as coaches, like people that were role players in their career, like Steve Kerr, who was more of a role player. Now he's had a lot of success jumping in with, without really having a ton of coaching experience. So it's, it's interesting, um, to see when some of these players, they, they don't have a lot of coaching experience and they get thrown in to see how they do. Um, some of them definitely don't do well, but we've seen Steve Kerr do really well. So it's hard to say, um, I, I do think that Katie at least had Katie and maybe Kyrie too at least had some say in this. I mean, he was a mm-hmm. like a player consultant, a player development consultant with the Warriors for about five years. So he definitely worked with Steph Curry a lot. He worked with KD a little bit. So I'm sure that had at least some impact on him being hired. Um, but I think ultimately it's really hard to say. I mean, it's kind of an unknown ultimately to me, and I'm really excited to just watch this team because obviously we haven't seen KD and Kyrie play yet. Uh, we saw kind of like this jump that Karis LeVert has had. He's played really well, and Spencer Dinwiddie's been really good, and they have a lot of different talented players, Jared Allen, Joe Harris. So, And then adding Steve Nash as the coach, it's going to be really uh, fun to watch. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, like I said, probably a hundred times already, Steve Nash is awesome. I, I really, really like him. Um, but let's move on to Sean Watson. Just had a little bit of news that just came out, like right before we started recording. He just signed a four-year extension with 160 million dollars of the Texans. Um, now I, I consider myself pretty knowledgeable in NFL salary cap situations um, and you know different contracts in the NFL specifically. Um, this is another one where it's the same thing with like Lamar in a little bit, um, and you know we just saw Mahomes. It's a deal you have to do. It's really not much of a choice. He got a lot of guaranteed money, it seems like, $111 million if, I, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, which is a very large amount of guaranteed money. Um, a lot of safety on if he gets injured, uh, which is great for Watson. Um, for the Texans, I mean, I like this deal. Like I said, it's something you kind of have to do. Um, ben, what are your thoughts on the uh, new extension for Deshaun Watson? Yeah, so I agree with you 100%. I mean, he's their guy. So it, I, we knew he'd get paid. Um, we didn't know how much he'd get paid, but we knew he'd get paid probably a, a large amount. Um, it, it's not surprising to me. 
Um, I, I think it's a good move for the Texans because I mean he is he's been the face of the NFL for the last couple of years now. He's he's the the stereotypical new school quarterback in the NFL. Guys like Lamar, Mahomes, even Russell Wilson a little bit they can move, they can throw. Um, so it's not surprising to me at all. He's a very good quarterback. Um, I, I think he deserves the money, and I, I think the Texans will be very happy moving forward with him uh, as the face of their franchise. Trevor, your thoughts? Yeah, so Lamar Jackson, or I mean, not Lamar Jackson, you said him, um, but uh, with Deshaun Watson, I think I agree with everything you guys said. I think he 100% deserves his contract. Again, it is a lot of money, but you have to do it. I mean, quarterback is such an important position in the NFL, and he's only 24 years old. And he's already one of the best five quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, maybe an argument for maybe potentially the third best. I know, you know, we'd have some debates about that. But he's been very good uh, for the Texans the past couple of years. We haven't seen a ton of playoff success. But I also think that, um, I mean, the Texans don't necessarily have, I mean, they have some good options, but I think that they can do better maybe on the defensive end to some extent now. But I think he deserves it at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. I, I really think Deshaun Watson is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Uh, getting him for just under $40 million, it seems like, uh, to me, is a pretty solid deal. So, I you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. To finish up Small Talk today, of course, as always, we're going to go to Small Talk Trivia. Um, Trevor, what is what is the score right now for Small Talk Trivia? Uh, the score remains at 33-31. to 31. Okay, okay, awesome. So, uh, Trevor, why don't you go first with your question today? Let's let's see what you got for me. All right, so as we are going to talk about uh, in a little bit, the Miami Heat are up 3-0 to zero on the number one seed of Milwaukee Bucks. They are on the verge of sweeping. I'm very happy about it, and I'll talk more about it soon. But my question is, who? what, what is the last number one seed? Uh, the answer will be a team. Who's the last number one seed to be swept in the conference finals? Or the conference semifinals. All right. So, I gotta really. I hate when you give me the history questions because my memory is not good. Um, so, I gotta really, you know, go back and think. I remember. Uh, I remember there was a. Well, that wouldn't be it. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. So, it's, it's gonna end up being a guess. Um, because I just I, I don't remember. Well, try try to think um, about it. The it's the the conference. Yeah, hey, that's what I'm doing. I'm the, going back in the the history books. Yeah, the uh, and thinking about it. Conference semifinals, the last one seed. So obviously they would have to be beaten by a four or a five seed. They were swept. Um, um and what what factors could have done that? Yeah, could make that happen. Yeah, see, I, I'm not coming up with anything. I'm going to say, just as a guess, I'll say I'll say the Mavericks. That's my final answer. I don't know. Okay. So I'm going to have to go with the Mavericks. So I thought you I thought you could get this, but uh, you, you are not correct. It is not the Mavericks. Oof. The answer is the Toronto Raptors. Just two years ago, they were swept by the Cavs. As you remember, Lebronto, this was that, that series, the Cavs as the four seed, swept the Raptors in LeBron's insane playoff run that he had that year just two years ago. So uh, I was thinking maybe was you'd, you'd get it, but um, the score remains as is. Yeah, my me- the memory questions I'm never the best at. I'm never going to never gonna be that great at them. But here's my question for you. It's also an NBA playoff question. 
Um, and you know, I like doing the records questions. As I'm looking through the records, I see a lot of LeBron's name, you know, popping up. But this answer is not going to necessarily be LeBron James. It could be, but it might not be. Who has the record for the most total rebounds in NBA playoff history? Wow. Pretty straightforward question today. Okay, yeah. Most total rebounds in NBA playoff history, so they would have had to play mm-hmm. in a lot of playoffs, that's for sure. Um, so when I think about players who have, one, played in a lot of playoff games, and number two, players who average a lot of rebounds... Obviously, Kareem is an easy option that comes to mind. Um, he's played in so many playoff games. He's won six championships. Trying to think about other guys. I mean, Kareem averaged like at least... I mean, there were a lot of times when he averaged like 8 to 10 rebounds per game. So he could be up there. Carl Malone could be up there. Shaq could be up there. I mean, Shaq... I mean, I remember with the Lakers in the early 2000s, he was averaging like sometimes 16, 17 rebounds a game in like at least one of those final series, I think. So Shaq can be up there. He's played a lot of playoff games. He's won four titles. Um, so Shaq, Kareem, Carl Malone. I mean, he, he's only made the finals twice, which makes it maybe a little less likely that it would be him, but it still could be. Hakeem with two titles. That's a fourth option. Um, you have Will Chamberlain, you have Bill Russell. But again, it's, it's hard because... The series were shorter, but they still they still did play a lot. Um, so most total rebounds in the playoffs. I mean, Bill Russell averaged like over 20 rebounds, and I think Wilt did too at some points. So if Bill Russell has 11 rings, even if some of the series only go like two or three, like three games, he still might have a chance actually. So those are all good options. Um, Tim Duncan could be another option as well. He's played in so many playoff games, averaged a lot of rebounds, 10 or 11. Oh, this one's very tough. Um, gonna have to give an answer. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give an answer. Um, it's either it's either Tim Duncan, Shaq, or Russell. I'm thinking it's one of those three. I'm going to say, I know we had another answer that was Tim Duncan, so I don't know if I want to say him for this one. Uh, I can't decide. It's so tough. I'm gonna go. I'll go with Tim Duncan. I really. It's hard to decide between those three. I'll go Tim Duncan because I think the playoff series are longer, and he's been in so many like long, like he's been had so many playoff runs. So I'll go Tim Duncan. Final answer. Yes, final answer. All right, Trevor. So your top three options there were Bill Russell, Tim Duncan, and Shaquille O'Neal, correct? Yes. So, Shaq is number four on the list with two thousand five hundred and eight. You have either option three or one between Russell and Duncan. Okay? Number three has 2,859 rebounds. And number one has 4,104. And the correct answer is Bill Russell. Oh, my god. Tim Duncan gosh. is number three. Will Chamberlain is number two. But <laughs> number six on this list is astonishingly LeBron James with 2,181 rebounds. I, may, I think that makes but, sense. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's, it makes sense. All right, so the scoreboard stays the same. 33-31, I believe, is what you said. Ugh, pick the wrong um, one. You know, we'll see next week if potentially you can catch up. But let's move on to everyone's favorite segment, which is randomly ranked. This is the segment where we take a completely random topic and we rank it very self-explanatory. Today we have a banger idea from uh, everyone's potentially favorite uh, 
uh, contributor on the podcast, Benjamin O'Brien. It is Little Debbie Snacks. Now, when we were all younger, our age group, we had Little Debbie Snacks all the time. I mean, there's so many classic ones. So, Ben, it's your birthday. I'm going to let you start off first today with your top three. Yeah, so I love that you mentioned that when we were little, we all love these because I know for a fact, Brennan, that you still love most of these snacks. And, and <laughs> yes, I do. From living with you for three years, I know that you still eat them regularly. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. So not to not to not to throw you under the bus there a little bit, but I just wanted I wanted to let the listeners know your your obsession for Little Debbie uh, chocolate snacks here. I I have no no shame in that at all. Yeah. These are great. So you pushed this it, is you a... pushed them right under the bus. I mean, I just, I just wanted the the listeners to to know a little <laughs> little insight into what it's like to live with Brandon because there's a lot of little Debbie snacks in the house if you're living with Brandon. <laughs> um, yes, there is. But anyway, I will I will go ahead and go first. This is a tough one because there are so many good ones, so many good ones. So many. Um, I'm gonna give an honorable mention. I could give a thousand, but I'm only gonna give one for the sake of time. To Nutty Buddies, um, they're the, they're the little the wafer things, little chocolate wafers, uh, little snack things. I love them. I don't have them very often, but when I do, I do not regret it. My top three. My top three are, are all amazing. So it's tough to go th- three, two, one. But I'm going to give three to Cosmic Brownies. Cosmic Brownies are fantastic. I don't know if anyone else does it, but when I eat them, I always eat the sprinkles off of them first. And then I eat the chocolate. That might be weird, but I always do that. I always eat the sprinkles off the Cosmic Brownies I don't think that's first. that weird. Um, I think people do that. Yeah, so I, 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 I have to do that. If I don't do it, then I, I just feel like I'm not enjoying it to the, to the full extent. My number two are zebra cakes. Zebra cakes are fantastic. Really, any sort. It doesn't have to be the zebra cakes. It could be the little Christmas tree ones or anything like that. That 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 snack though it doesn't have to be a zebra cake, but that snack, uh, fantastic. They're uh, just the cream in the middle. The 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 cake is so good. I could describe it forever. But I'm not gonna do that. Uh, my number one. I don't even think it's honestly. It's not even that hard to to put this one above the others. It's uh, Swiss rolls. Swiss rolls are fantastic. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to eat Swiss rolls all the time. The chocolate, the cream, the way it's. It's 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 you know combined in the middle. It's got the little the little twist in the middle. It like just just like aesthetically, it's pleasing to look at, um, and it's fantastic to eat. So Swiss rolls are my number one. Um, but once again, they're all amazing. This was an extremely hard topic to uh to rank for sure. So uh, I I had a tough time with this a little bit because to me I have an honorable mention and I also have like a I have a number one and two, but really it's a one A and one B. They're so close. My honorable mention is going to be those little Christmas tree-like zebra cakes. Those things are fire. They are so good. Really, everything on my list is amazing. But zebra cakes or those little Christmas tree ones, either one, that's got to be my honorable mention. Number three, I also have Cosmic Brownies. And I want to give a shout-out to our favorite soccer encyclopedia, Josh Baskin, uh, because we love these. We eat Cosmic Brownies like they're nothing. Uh, those things are the best. Uh, this man used to walk into my house pre-pandemic. And uh, would just be like, where's the Cossack Brownies? i just point them over to the pantry, and we would eat them up. Number two, and again, like I said, this is really a 1B, but I, if I had to put a number two, I'm going to say Swiss rolls. My sister actually eats them where she takes off, like, the hard shell, and then she, like, unravels them. It's a little bit weird, but it's actually a very satisfying way to eat them, and I kind of like it. Overall, amazing, amazing. I love Swiss rolls. And number one, in my opinion is the best one out there. I used to have these in my college dorm all the time. Ben knows we had them in the apartment all the time. It's gotta be fudge rounds. The the, the, the amount of chocolate explosion in your mouth, it's just so, so great. Uh, I recommend them to anyone. Trevor, what are your top three Little Debbie snacks? Okay, so uh, I'm glad you brought the Christmas tree zebra cakes. Those are really good. I, I did kind of forget about them, um, but they're, they're not in my top three, but they are very close now that you mentioned them. Um, 
I had a tough time with number three. I think it's very close between the Swiss rolls and the uh, chocolate cupcakes because I think they're pretty similar in taste. Ultimately, I went with the chocolate cupcakes at number three, uh, the ones with the, like the little swirls, at, like on, the icing on top. Those are very good. I love those. Uh, number two, I went with uh, mini frosted donuts. I mean, in particular, the chocolate ones were very good. I mean, I just have so many memories. Like when I used to go camping, we would always get the, the little Debbie donuts in the morning and eat those. Um, and number one, uh, this might be a little unpopular, but I have to go with the oatmeal cream pies. Mm. They're good so choice, good. Right? Um, so many times, you know, when I remember eating those, those used to pack them in Stop. my lunches. Uh, they're the best. I like that, Trevor. That's that's a good take because the oatmeal cream pies are fantastic. Yeah, those oatmeal cream pies suck. Oatmeal does not deserve to be in a dessert <laughs> in the slightest. But was that your number one oatmeal? Yeah, that was, that was my number one. Oh God! Oh no! Please, someone roast him in the comments for that stupid take. Nah, can't have they're, oatmeal they're awesome. on anything. Oatmeal is terrible. But that's it for the rank today. If you guys have any ideas, please send them to us. We always struggle with ideas. I know somehow we come up with some pretty good ones. Like this was a great one we've never thought of. Um, very much thought on the fly. So we'd love to hear your ideas. But let's move into our main topic today. Move right along um, into the NBA playoffs. Of course, um, a lot going on in the NBA playoffs. So Trevor, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so first, uh, I'm going to start off with uh, the series that I'm very happy about. It's the Heat and the Bucks, and I can't believe it. I mean, I'm a Heat fan, but I pred- I did predict the Bucks would win the series in six. Um, that obviously won't happen. Um, the Heat are up 3-0. to zero. They just beat the Bucks yesterday. Uh, in the fourth quarter, they outscored the Bucks 40-13 to 13 yesterday. And it's just so insane to me, uh, the way we were playing. We are playing so well. Uh, defensively, um, kind of the way that we are guarding Giannis, we're really packing the paint. Um, he's really struggling to shoot from three. He was 0 of 7 yesterday. Um, from three, it, it seemed like it, he's having the same problem that he did last season. And it seemed like from his regular season numbers, he had improved, but it, it, he still was struggling a lot from three. Um, so he's, he's running into a lot of problems. He's having to rely on his role players. And um, they're also struggling to make some of these threes. Uh, the Heat are doing a very good job um, with these different wing defenders. Bam Adebayo in particular, i got to give a shout-out to him because the way he can just switch one through five, they talked about it on the broadcast yesterday. You know, he can switch on to Chris Middleton. Uh, he can he can play Giannis. Um, he's, just, he's just been so good defensively and really just keeping defenders in front of him for the most part. Of course, Giannis gets his buckets here and there. But, I mean, being held at 21 points yesterday and in other games, I don't think Giannis has been... I don't think Giannis is averaging that high of a, uh, a total points per game. So it's really been impressive to watch Bam. Jimmy Butler, uh, just so smart. Uh, his basketball IQ something that I never hear pointed out by, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, uh, sports broadcast shows or anything, ESPN, Fox, whatever the case may be. I never hear anyone talk about Jimmy Butler's basketball IQ, and that's something I really wanted to point out. Because I've just been really happy uh, with how they've looked. And also, we did have Giannis. He did, it looked like he might have injured his ankle early in the game yesterday. And it seems like that did slow him down a little bit. Um, That might have changed the outcome. But nevertheless, the Heat have been the better team this series so far. Um, and, And I've been really just, I've just been so happy at how they've been playing. Yeah, no, the Heat are seriously, I think, a contender. Like, really, I do believe that. 
they seem like they can kind of cook anyone up at the moment. And I, I think everything you said about Jimmy Butler was spot on. Jimmy Butler is really just such a great leader. And I, I compared him a little bit, not in terms of game, but in terms of like mentality and uh, uh, intangibles to Chris Paul. Just really wanting to do anything to win the basketball game. And I, I love that mentality so much. And really, Jimmy Butler is a pretty well-polished player. He's a great defender. I think he's a good offensive player. Um, and the Heat have so many great pieces around him. There's a lot of guys on this team that really are good players, uh, even down towards their bench. I mean, they're like 7th, 8th guys. Andre Iguodala, who was the 6th guy in the Warriors. So, you know, I, I think they have great young talent. Um, and they've built a, a pretty solid team around Jimmy Butler. It's going to be interesting when it comes down to the Clippers or Lakers. You know, one of those two teams that have two really big all-stars and how they're going to be able to play uh, with that because I think that'll be a little bit different, like two really big stars, I should say. Um, but, Ben, what, what are your, some of your thoughts on this series? Yeah, so first of all, my uh, my Bucks and Five prediction isn't looking too great right now. And I didn't, I wasn't too confident in that prediction. I just didn't want to agree with you guys, so I went Bucks and Five. I said it'd be a close five. Uh, and honestly, the Heat look like, at least through the first three games, they look like the better team by a decent amount. Um, the, the big takeaway I have from this series is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is phenomenal. And the the first thing I think of when, when I watch him play is, um, if you guys remember, back in October, we talked about the story, the reports about him showing up to, to his practice or his training camp or whatever, like 3 a.m. Um, and we talked about how he's, he's just kind of different. He, his mentality is different. He wants to win so bad. Um, and coming off these last couple of years, he's kind of been portrayed poorly in the media. Um, and it's just it's really cool to see him kind of just ball against I mean the best team in the East or at least we thought the best team in the East, East in the in the MVP and in, in the NBA. So I, I don't know he's just he's a he's a he's a stud. I mean he outscored the Bucks by himself in the fourth quarter yesterday, uh, and he looks like a man that just refuses to lose. He's kind of got that Mamba mentality where honestly I don't want to be on on the opposite side of him on the court because I mean he's just he's a lot to deal with. So so Jimmy Butler is my is my takeaway. From this series, he, he's hard to stop. I, I don't count the Bucks out yet. I don't think they're going to win. I, I think down 3-0 is is more than just physically uh, demanding. It's it's mentally it's it's demanding to, to come back from a 3-0 deficit. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say the Bucks come back and win, but I, I don't think they're going to go away easily. I think the Heat are still going to have to really fight uh, to win this series. I I, I mean I, I, like I said, I the Heat are going to win this series. I'll knock on wood for you, Trevor. I don't want to jinx it, but I, I'd be shocked if they don't win the series. But I don't think the Bucks are going away. I think it's still going to be a, a tough. Game five, at the very least. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, the Bucks, regardless of the fact that it's three zero, uh, the Bucks are still very talented. I still think they're the more talented team. Um, when you have Giannis, uh, a two time MVP now, you have Chris Middleton, who's who's played uh, pretty well as well. Um, it's always going to be tough no matter what. But I'll move on to the next series. We got the Raptors and Celtics, and the Raptors did manage. To uh, seal a game, they got the buzzer beater from OG uh, to to get a game back. Boston now leads the series two to one, and they were really in jeopardy of also going down 3-0. So it's really huge that they got that um, that they got the win. They got the bucket, and it's so crazy because that shot potentially could be the difference in the series. Like it, it was really such a huge shot because if they go down 3-0, there's no chance they're coming back. A team has never came back from down uh, 3-0, I think, in, mm-hmm. in in the history of the NBA. Teams are like 0 of 139 or something. But now, they stole this game. I think they have a little bit of momentum. 
And now, I think the Raptors could definitely win the series. They're still down, they're only down 2-1, and we haven't seen Pascal Siakam really play great yet. He's definitely been underperforming. I do think he'll turn it around, and I do think the Raptors will still win the series. I predicted that they'll win it in seven. I think it's going to be a very good series moving forward, and I think, you know, if the Raptors win the series, we'll look back at that shot and be like, man, like, the Celtics really should have capitalized on that and just completely um, ended the series right there, and, and they weren't able to do that. So it's it's going to be interesting. Pascal Siakam, being the best player on the team, is going to need to step up. Uh, he hasn't played well, um, but, you know, I, I think he will. I, I, do, I do have some confidence in that, but we'll see because Tatum's been playing really well. Kemba's now playing better. Uh, Jalen Brown is always is just so solid on, on both sides of the ball, so... It's going to be really interesting. Uh, ben, what are some of your thoughts on this series? Yeah, so if you remember coming into the series when we talked about last week, the thing I said was the question is going to be the Celtics. Did the Celtics look really good in their first round against the Sixers, or did the Sixers look bad? Um, and it seems like the Celtics are just a good team. I mean, the Raptors, a lot of people thought would come out of the East, or at least uh, they'd be the most competitive team against the Bucks in, the, in this Eastern Conference. And the Celtics have looked like the better team, really, for all, of, all three of the games. Uh, the Raptors... Really, there's a very good chance they could have been down 3-0 there. They, they kind of got lucky with the prayer at the end, and it went in. Um, so I, I'm, I'm extremely impressed with the way the Celtics are playing. Um, theoretically, if the Celtics win this series and the Heat win against the Bucks, I think it could it could be an extremely competitive and an extremely entertaining uh, Eastern Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but with, like you said, Trevor, the Raptors are definitely not out of it, especially now that they have a game under their belt in this series. I think the Raptors could still very well win this series. Like we like we said, they're very well coached. They still have some very good players. They have Kyle Lowry. They have Pascal Siakam. They don't have Kawhi Leonard anymore, but they still have a good team. Van Vliet's a good player. Um, so they are, they are still very capable of winning this series. It's just I think this next game, this game four, will be an extremely important game for this series because if the Raptors can tie, can tie this series up 2-2, I really do think they'll win this series. But on the other hand, I think if the, if the Celtics go up 3-1, I don't think the Raptors will win in this series. So I, I really do think game four will be uh, the, the key game in this series, and it really will be the turning point for one of these two teams uh, here coming up. You know, Ben, I was going to say the exact same thing, so I'll just stick with the same energy. I think whoever wins this game, this upcoming game, is going to win the series. I'm Simple enough. You go up 3-1, it's just unlikely you're going you're gonna, to um, win. Raptors going up, uh, or tying the series 2-2 after winning two straight games. Momentum in their favor. I think they'll pull it off. Um, the Celtics are very deep. They have a lot of great players on the team that really, really can play. Uh, the one thing that makes me nervous about the Raptors is they only played eight guys, so a lot of minutes to their big guys, a lot of minutes to Siakam, to Anobi, to Lowry, to Van Vliet. Uh, all those guys are playing 40-some minutes, and that's a lot of minutes to play, not a lot of resting. Um, so it worries me that they only go eight men deep in the roster. Um, but, you know, right now, if, if, if the Raptors win the second game, or the fourth game, excuse me, they will win the series. Yeah, and it's interesting uh, you brought up kind of the minutes they played because um, that's something that uh, people have been really critical about the Bucks, and something I forgot to mention over uh, Bud not playing Giannis like at least 38 to 40 minutes. He, I think he only played like 35, 36 minutes again, which is way too low. And, and I did mention the injury, which might be a reason why, but that's been another huge uh, misstep there by Coach Bud and not playing Giannis as much as he should. But moving mm-hmm. on to uh, the third series here, we got the Clippers and Nuggets. Um, and the Clippers, they were a team in the first round against the Mavericks, which really, um, I thought, underperformed for sure. I I, I really, uh, the Clippers are the team that I think is going to win the title. I still am sticking with that, but I'm, I'm less confident after how they played against the Mavericks. However, 
they did come out in this game one and play very well. They beat the Nuggets 120 to 97, very convincing win. Um, they shot well from the field, 57%, 42 from three. Uh, Kawhi was outstanding, 12 of 16 from the field. That's 75%, which is just insane. Paul George now playing better. So uh, we'll see if that continues. And then obviously, as I've talked about before, just the depth that they have is insane. Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, um, who just won sixth man of the year. Shout out to him. Uh, you know, you got Shamit. Just so many options for the Clippers. And I think we did see what that can kind of, uh, like at its highest potential, what that can be in game one. Uh, moving forward, we'll see if they can keep that up because they've been inconsistent. Um, so I'm, I'm still not super confident, but uh, they did look good in game one. So what do you think about the series, Brandon? Yeah, and if one just thing to note here, this game was a complete lopsided game for the Clippers, shooting really just insane percentages, 57% from the field, almost 42 from three, um, compared to 42 uh, from the field for the Nuggets and 25 for three for the Nuggets. Um, so really not a good shooting day at all for them. But if you notice, both teams play their whole bench. I mean, the, the, the Clippers are playing like 13 guys here, 14, however many it is. They're going all the way. The highest minutes they had is Paul George with 33, Kawhi with 32. Um, so the guys are very well rested. Um, and if they can keep up this type of play with that amount of minutes, I mean, the Clippers are going to be very dangerous. I mean, you see LeBron and AD, they have to play 40-some minutes to win the game. They have to. So this is going to be very big going into the conference finals if they do take this series. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, so the Clippers, we know what we're going to get from the Clippers. They have one of the best players in the NBA. They have Paul George, who you could say is a good player. Um, I think it depends on what Paul George is showing up uh, that day. But they, they're a good team. We know they're a good team. They're one of the best teams in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets, and like I said at the very beginning of these playoffs, I said they have a lot of good role players. And I still do think they have role players, but... Looking at their box score from the first game, I mean, their starters scored anywhere from 5 to 15 points. That was it. They had nobody score more than 15 points out of their five starters. Uh, and honestly, the whole team, their highest score was Jokic with 15 points. Um, that I just You're not going to beat the Clippers like that. I get it. They're balanced scoring. That's, that's fine. But I really do think they're going to need somebody that's, that is able to take over the game. Look at, look at the first round. The Clippers struggled against the Mavericks because Doncic was taking over the game. And I just I don't know if the Nuggets have somebody that is capable of taking over the game if they need it. Um, Jamal Murray's a great player. Jokic is a great player. But I really don't know if either one of them are capable of taking over the game, at least against a team as good as the Clippers. So I'm a little worried for the Nuggets. I, I mean, I, I didn't think they'd win the series anyway. Um, but I, I thought it'd be a little bit more competitive than what we've seen, at least from the first game. Um, I, I do think they'll have a better showing in game two. At least I hope they do. Um, but I, I'm a little worried for the Nuggets. I, I don't. I think they're definitely in a lot of trouble here because the Clippers are just are just too good, especially the way the Nuggets have been playing. I mean, the Nuggets shot 25% from the floor. Michael Porter Jr. went 0 of 6 from three. That they they need some players to step up, especially if you're going to play if you're going to play and beat a team as good as the Clippers. They got to do better than that. They they just can't. They can't afford to play like that the rest of the series. Yeah, so moving on to the final series here, we have the Rockets and Lakers. The Rockets did beat the Lakers in Game 1, 112-97. And I, I was surprised because the Rockets did not look good at all, I think, in, in, in particular in Game 6 and 7 against the Thunder. Uh, they barely uh, squeezed by the Thunder, who really just, um, as far as talent, are outmatched by the Rockets, and they still barely squeeze out those games. I mean, essentially, like... The Thunder team, they rely on Chris Paul so much, and he's, I mean, he's 35 years old. They rely on Shea Gilgis, who's very young, his first playoff series. 
and and then outside of that it's like okay you got Steven Adams Gallinari but like that's not exactly uh, the same caliber of talent as the Rockets have in Harden, Westbrook, and Eric Gordon, and, and so on. So they did win the series, but <laughs> barely. And now they come out and they look really good against the Lakers. I mean, I said last night, I tweeted that I just have a hard time figuring out the Rockets. They're very difficult to um, figure out because when they're playing at their highest potential, I think they actually have a chance to compete for the title. But that doesn't happen every game at all. Um, last night they did play well, uh, defensively, just, it's so weird. Sometimes they can look so good defensively, um, with their small ball lineup, PJ Tucker, uh, Robert, Robert Covington particularly is just such a great, uh, defensive addition to this Rockets team. Um, and he really is, I think he's someone that doesn't get mentioned as often, but, uh, Covington is very important to this team defensively. Um, especially when you're playing LeBron James, uh, the best player in the world. So, that helps the Rockets. It's going to be interesting to see going forward because I think LeBron will be more aggressive in Game 2. Um, they did have like a long layoff um, um, compared to the Rockets at least. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I anticipate the Lakers will win the series because they have LeBron and Anthony Davis, two of the best players. And I, I just don't fully believe in the Rockets. I think when they're at their best, they're very good, but I don't fully believe in them. So... You know, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Game 2. What do you think about this series, Brandon? Yeah, quick thoughts, because I know Ben has a, a lot of thoughts to say, and I know we got to wrap up the episode here in a little bit. Uh, it boils down to this. Uh, a lot of players in the Lakers didn't play well, uh, but LeBron has to be better. You know, I love LeBron. I will protect him to all, you know, literally all measures. I'll, I'll always protect the man. Um, but you got to do better than this. 20 points, 7 to 15, 2 for 7 from 3. Um, it, this this has to be better. Minus 15 in the plus minus. Um, you know, th and there's a lot of players that didn't play well. It's not just him at all. Uh, collectively, the team did not shoot well in the slightest bit. Um, th they have to be better. Uh, you, you, if LeBron gets his normal 30, 35, whatever he normally gets, you know, they have a much better chance of winning this game. Uh, so more shots from LeBron is what I want to see on uh, these upcoming games. Uh, if Danny Green, Caldwell Pope. Kuzma, all those guys, 4 for 12, 2 for 8, 3 for 9. Got to be better than that. So collectively as a team, have to be better. I'm hoping this game was a little bit of a wake-up, uh, similar to the Portland series, uh, and they come out firing after this. Ben, I, I know you got some thoughts on the Lakers here, so uh, let's hear them. Yeah, so I have a lot of thoughts on this game. And watching last night, the fir the first thing I'll say is I, I couldn't decide if, if the Rockets were playing really well or the Lakers were just playing poorly. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I was impressed with the Rockets. I think they moved the ball extremely well. They're a very good passing team. They're always finding open players for open looks. But at the same time, I, I was very unimpressed with the way the Lakers were playing. They looked sloppy at times. They turned the ball over a ton. LeBron turned the ball over a lot. Um, and my first thought, I agree with you, Brandon, I think LeBron just has to be better. He scored 20 points, but he had zero points in the fourth quarter. Um, with your, when you're a player like LeBron James, that's just unacceptable. He's got to be able to score when it counts. Um, so that's my that was my first takeaway is LeBron just has to be better, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, another big thing I, I took away from this game is Danny Green has to be better. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. The Lakers, you know what you're going to get from your two studs. The role players have to step up. They pay Danny Green a lot of money. I, uh, I saw, I think it was a TikTok or something a couple days ago, where somebody did the math on how much, how on average, how much Danny Green is getting paid per shot. And he's getting paid, on average, about $33,000 for every shot he takes. And when he goes 4 of 12 from the field, it's just, it's not, they need better. He, it's not going to be okay for him to keep going 4 of 12 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3. Danny Green has to be play, has to be better. They're paying him a lot of money. He's got to step it up when it counts. 
Um, another thing is the Lakers, I mean, at least in the first round of the series or of the playoffs, they've been known for their defense. Their defense has been phenomenal, and I have been very unimpressed with their defense in this series, or at least in the game last night. They, I mean, they. I get James Harden's amazing. Russell Westbrook is able to drive to the hoop, but they, their defenders, their primary defenders, just can't stay on those those players when they're driving to the hoop. All of a sudden, they have these secondary defenders coming over late, and they're they're getting called for blocks left and right. I mean, I can't tell you how many times James Harden uh, drove to the hoop and got got fouled. And I get it; that's how he plays. It's a little frustrating to watch, but hey, it works. So good good for James Harden. The Lakers' defense has to be better. Um, another takeaway I had from this game is. Can James Harden keep it up for the entire series? And I think, yeah, Jim, James Harden's a great player. He had 25 points in the first half yesterday. I 100% believe that, that the James Harden we saw last night is the James Harden that we're going to see for the rest of the series. So the Lakers have to find a way to limit James Harden to a somewhat manageable uh, performance. Um, really, I mean, I have a lot I have a lot of other takeaways. I'm not going to go into a whole lot. I, I really just think I'm a little worried. I am a little worried. When the Lakers lost game one against the Blazers, I really was not worried at all. I, I figured they'd win the series, and they did in five games. If the Lakers continue to play like they did last night, there's no way they win this series. I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think the Lakers, they got some things to work out. I 100% think they will be better in Game 2. I'm, I'm not super worried about it, but I, I am a little concerned for the Lakers in the series um, if the first game is going to tell us anything about this series moving forward. So the Lakers definitely have some work to do. I still have faith in them. I still have faith in my boy LeBron James. But I, I definitely think Frank Vogel has his work cut out for him because they have to make some adjustments uh, rather quickly. 100%. Trevor, any last thoughts before we wrap up the episode today? Uh, no, I think that's about it. I mean, I think the Lakers will definitely come out better in Game 2. I mean, they, they shot 29% from 3, so I expect that to improve. Um, you got Danny Green, one of the best 3-point shooters in the NBA. Uh, expect him to be better. So, yeah, I think the Lakers will win Game 2. Yeah, I, I believe so also. But I think we'll wrap up the episode uh, there for today. Uh, go subscribe to the two new podcasts, 5 Seconds of Fame, podcast and uh the 12th row podcast uh both of which are on multiple platforms apple spotify the the whole nine yards um of course we'll have two links in our description the first one being our twitter go follow our twitter we love to see that um and of course the link to the black lives matter movement page where you can learn about it educate yourself sign some petitions or even donate to some causes all of which would be awesome any amount matters um but with that being said thank you all so much for listening today and we'll see you guys next time go falcons